You are listening to Veiled God, a sermon by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be with you today. Um, for those of you who are expecting a Church 101, uh, that series is now done. Uh, today is Transfiguration Sunday, and we're looking at something a little bit new, a little bit different. Um, and so I encourage you to turn with me today in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses uh, 12 through 4, 2. And actually, if you move forward a little bit, Tracy, you'll find those are included in my in my PowerPoint. So keep going. One more. There we are. Thank you so much. Let us let us encounter the word of God together. Since then, we have such a hope. We act with great boldness, not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, that same veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, Seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the other. And this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I remember when I was a kid, and um, some of you may remember this. I think it was 1983. It's actually amazing that I remember this because I was only about five years old at the time. But I remember there was this uh, David Copperfield um, and there's a picture of David Copperfield if you take a look at the screen. There he is in his 1980s hair. Um, and there's the Statue of Liberty back behind him. Do any of you remember this? This was, this was big. This is still seen as one of the biggest magic tricks of all time. Um, now, a magician never reveals his tricks, but I remember watching this as a kid, and he made the Statue of Liberty disappear in front of New Yorkers even, and everyone was going crazy, right? And I was like, seriously? He really did that? My friend at school, he would have a deck of cards. He would say, pick a card, any card. And and I would pick a card and somehow, miraculously, he would know what card was mine. And I said, how do you do this? Can't tell you. He would not reveal that trick. You see, a magician never reveals the trick. But my mind was blown. And uh, the the other day I showed my, my... my nephew and my son, a magic trick where I turn a penny into a quarter. Right? Very simple trick. And because it's such a simple trick, I taught them the trick. I taught them how to do it. And immediately the magic left the room. <laughs> it was no longer a fun thing to do. 
Something about that. It just wasn't the same as soon as I shared it. You know, David Copperfield, I knew nothing about smoke and mirrors. You know, the assistant who comes out and gets sawed in half. I knew nothing about the, the inside piece of a, of a hidden compartment on a table. It was all magic to me. I thought she was really sawn in half. I thought he really knew what card was mine. It was real, but these tricks, there was no real power. There was no real power. And I remember when I first discovered glow-in-the-dark things, how miraculous they were. You hold them up against the light, you know, and then you take them away and they glow for a while. And then when they run out, you hold them up to the light and they glow. It's simple. It's beautiful. I remember when I was older, around college age, I was watching Saturday Night Live, and there was this, this quote that said, the Vikings, you know, if the Vikings were around today, they would probably be amazed at how much glow-in-the-dark stuff we have and how we take so much of it for granted. And everyone would laugh. Deep thoughts by Jack Handy. But that's how it was with me, with glow-in-the-dark. But the glow, it doesn't last forever, right? The glow, it doesn't last. It only shows that it was next to the light. It doesn't even glow in and of itself. It glows because it shows that it was next to the light. And when the glow fades, it is time to put it back up against the light. Humans only glow. Image bearers of the divine, we only glow. A glow is not the light that charges it. It is simply a carrier of that light. The only way we can keep glowing is to keep charging. Don't break that cycle. Charge, glow, fade. Charge, glow, fade. And I pray in your life, whether you're feeling a glow right now or you're feeling a fade right now, I pray that you don't break that cycle. Glow, fade. Charge, glow. Don't break that cycle. It keeps going. This is Transfiguration Sunday. And we see some interesting things in the scriptures today that we just read aloud. We, we hear talk of mountains. We, we hear talk of glowing faces. We hear talk of veils of Christ transformed. If we read in the gospel, we see Moses and Elijah. They're, they're hanging out with Christ and the disciples want to take up construction and build them all houses, right? We see Jesus and his face changed, his, his, his clothes changed, a brighter white than OxyClean could ever get out, right? It is a new, just this glow, this power of God. And you had Jesus as a human embodying this divinity, this, this holy glow. And it made me start to think, in the church, do we have that glow? Do we have that glow or are we in the midst of a fade or are we like Moses where we may have the glow or it may be a fade, but no one knows because it's veiled. Is that where we are? You can read the same scriptures time and time again and see something different. Something different causes your face to glow each time, but it's different. And today I want us to focus in on this concept of a veiled God or a perception of God, a perception of what it means to be blessed by God. So many people in today's culture think to be blessed by God means you're always aglow. That it doesn't fade, that it's always 
aglow. So today's scripture from Corinthians, it sums up both our Old Testament account of Moses and the Old Testament's account of Jesus. And I want to talk to you about veils. Veils. Like the magician who conceals the truth behind the magic. Many of us sometimes without trying conceal God. Many of us conceal God without even trying. We put on a veil. We go up onto a mountain. We go into a church. We go to a a Christian concert or take part in a Bible study. And we experience something wonderful, transforming, and we glow. But we cover that up when we leave. Maybe like Moses did at first, so it doesn't scare anyone. We also do it so that those... Who, who know about the glow so that they don't see that it's fading. Maybe that's why. Just like Moses. We don't want people to know that what we receive from God, it, it, we don't want them to know that sometimes doubt enters in. We don't want them to know that sometimes we, we're not always glowing. So we put these veils in front of us. My daughter, she loves the Brady Bunch lately. And we were watching, and and Alice from the Brady Bunch, there was a photographer in the house, and she goes, which side is my good side? Maybe you've said that before. Photographer, because it's a comedy show, says, I don't think it really matters. But we do that. We want to capture our good side. We want to capture the glow. We don't want people to see that it fades. The veiled face of Moses in Exodus. He didn't want to scare the people. That was true. But he also used the veil so that he didn't have to realize and admit that, the, that he wasn't glowing anymore. That the glow was gone. There are many of us that don't want people to know a deep, dark secret. And that deep, dark secret is this. There are times where we feel distant from God. There are times where we feel that the power of the Almighty has left us. There are times where we feel, at least for a while, that we have no glow until we recharge. We look forward to our next recharge. If only we can make it back up the mountain, then everything will be better. I want to encourage you today. First, the glow fades, but you can recharge. If you're taking notes, right? Recharge. The glow fades, but you can recharge. Also, I want you to realize God doesn't just live on the mountain. God doesn't just live on the mountain. You may think you need to make it back to the mountain to get recharged, but God can meet you wherever you are. Wherever you are. God doesn't just live in the glow. You'll see many tricks in this world. They ooh you, they ah you, but they're just tricks. People in this world, they're attracted to the glow. God isn't always in the glow. I remember watching a cartoon with my kids, Bugs Life, and they're like, stay away from the light. It was a bug zapper, right? God isn't always in the glow. You'll see many tricks in this world. And the veil has traditionally been seen in many ways. You know, brides wear the veil to conceal some beauty so that it's more of an ooh moment when it's lifted, right? Widows wear veil to conceal grief. We see in the Old Testament scriptures that, you know, the veil was in the temple to separate man from the Holy of Holies where God dwelt. 
We see in the New Testament that as Christ was crucified, that temple veil was torn. The divider that shielded everyone from the Holy of Holies, it was torn and the dwelling place of God was open. And when that veil was torn, it showed that God didn't just live there either. We see. Even back in the Old Testament, people has they have a long tradition of concealing the power of God. This is carried on generation to generation in the church today. We still have this concealing of God in various veils that we wear. I feel we need to not worry about concealing the fact that we are not God, that we do not have it all together. We do not need to worry about concealing that we, we may or may not have a glow. We may not have it right all the time. As Christians, we don't need to project a veiled God to the world. Notice Moses used a veil. God didn't. God didn't use a veil. God doesn't work in veils. I believe God does not work in veils. I believe people work in veils. God just puts it all out there, causing your flesh to glow if you get too close to him. That's what God does. People use veils. God makes you glow, causing you to look different to your friends. And want them to see it. They think some magic trick took place. Like, ooh, there's got to be smoke and mirrors. Our friend went into a box of obscurity and now they're different. God wants you to glow. Not to veil it. And when that glow fades, are you still just trying to act as though you've got it all together? Or are you honest? I need to reconnect with God. Be honest. When that glow fades for you, be honest about it. Don't feel embarrassed. Even for Moses, the glow faded, all right? Don't be embarrassed to say, I need to reconnect with God. I need to recharge. We begin Lent this week. We begin Lent, where we spend time in honest reflection. We spend time in fasting. We spend time in honest repentance before God. Owning our shortcomings, our sin. How can we do this if we wear veils? Not even to protect others, but to protect our own image. How can we be honest as we come before God for a recharge? Moses glowing. It was never about Moses glowing. It was always about God being visible through him. And he covered that up. God doesn't do magic tricks. This is the real deal. I'm closing up right here. God doesn't conceal the secret of what takes place. Moses used a veil. The temple used a veil. Many of us have used a veil. As we prepare for Lent, I encourage you to let your veil fall. If God is causing your face to glow, let it glow. And if that glow has faded, let it show. Maybe it's gone since who knows for how long. Let that show too. Lent is a time for repentance, a time for honesty before God. 
Coming to terms with our mortality, our shortcomings, our lack of God, our sackcloth, our ashes. So that we may repent and hopefully the more we stand honestly before God, the more we may get a little bit of that glow back. Drop your veil, take up your cross, follow Christ. You want to know the wonderful thing about being a Christ follower? It's this. You don't have to have it all together. You just have to have a relationship with the one who does. And that's Jesus. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we are just so thankful. We are thankful for the glow. We are thankful for the, the ability to recharge when that glow begins to fade. We are thankful that we can come before you in honesty. Because you have seen us at our worst and you have said, I love you anyway. As we prepare our hearts for Lent, be with us. Just as we prepare our hearts for communion, be with us. As we look at Christ transfigured, may we also see that we are called to be different and to allow your glow to show. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.